Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I am your host, Ryan Gerard, and I am here with my co-host, Rick R- Grunwald. Yep, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're back with another episode this week. Ryan and I decided to sit down, bring you guys some interesting topics, some news that's been going on in the world of cycling. Uh, Ryan, what are we going to talk about today on today's show? So this week, we're going to talk about a new trainer you're getting. Yeah. You're finally Woo! training again. I'm training and I've just been mostly skiing for the last couple of weeks. Yep. Actually, for the last, yeah, a couple of weeks. So it's kind of nice to be able to transition into my bike training. Uh, then we're going to talk about stuff that is related to personal preference, specifically gloves and socks. Oh, yeah. Maybe throw some uh, glasses in there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have an update on sports supplements. Sports supplements. Uh, I think it was a couple episodes ago we did a uh, energy drink taste test. Not yeah, not energy drink. What do you? What would you say? Uh, sports drink. Sports yeah, sports drink, drink taste test. Yeah, we uh, we told you guys what was good and what was not so good, and now we're gonna bring you some interesting. Uh, yeah, what thoughts Ryan has on on sports drinks yeah i've just been whenever i was at the grocery store i was just had my mind like going down the aisles i was just looking for alternatives yeah and alternatives specifically that were like cheaper so we'll talk about we'll talk about that yeah uh and then we're gonna something that has come up or i've seen come up twice this week is uh an issue related to the representation of the riders for sponsors yeah and how sponsors should deal with their riders not representing them well mm-hmm. and and then also like a blowback on that yeah also some we're going to talk stuff. about some uh strava strava rides that the pros have been putting on yeah what it means when pros put rides on strava we'll we'll have our analysis <laughs> <laughs> but anyways let's jump into well one thing uh I think we should start off with is yeah. what's been going on in Wisconsin lately. Oh, yeah. So we, as many of you might have heard around the world, we're caught in the middle of the polar vortex right now. Yep. So uh, yesterday it was negative 50 degrees. Yeah, w- with, that's w- with, with wind, chill. wind chill. It was about negative 25 without. Yeah, which is still pretty crazy. That's so, still pretty crazy. Yeah, so extremely, extremely cold. My office got shut down because people's cars weren't starting. Um you haven't been to work like I at all this week. I had three days week. off this week, which was nice, which yeah. was nice. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I did work from home a bit, mm-hmm. but you know, still even working from home is nice. Yeah. So yeah, currently we're in the dark times right now. It's, it's the end of January. It's, it's been really, really cold, but it looks like February, the beginning at least is going to get a little warmer for us. So it's actually going to be like 40 degrees in the next couple days. And I was considering like maybe riding outside, which is insane because it's supposed to rain though. Yeah, it's gonna rain, but yeah, it's kind of crazy. That's how crazy the weather is. It is. It yeah. will have swung ninety degrees if you include the wind chill. Yep. In the course yep. of five days. Yep. <laughs> insane. I don't know why we still live here, but it's. I, I guess it's got its perks. <laughs> but anyways, speaking of being inside because of the cold, I recently ordered a new trainer. So, what trainer did you get? I just got the Connect Road Machine. It's their dumb trainer. Not it's even the smart one? Not even the smart one. I just got a normal, normal trainer. I will say, because Anna, that was Anna's first one, uh-huh. uh, it just had the extra thing in, thing on the trainer that measured virtual power. Yeah, but I'm not even going to do virtual power. It's very quiet, I have to say. I've it's heard that. It's super quiet. Mm-hmm. So, that was what I was going for, because I got a noise complaint in my apartment on my last trainer so i had to go for something that was much much quieter so i think this will do the trick fingers crossed 
But yeah, so the reason why I got, I know I was kind of talking, I think a couple episodes about what I was. Yeah, do. we were talking about possible trainers to get. I've yeah. recommended the Flow, which Anna Flow. just got because yeah. it's the cheapest smart trainer. Yep. So I I took some time off. I just was doing quite a bit of skiing, just kind of staying in shape other other ways. But I I'm not a huge fan of doing a ton of indoor training. I've spent the last couple of winters, which is part of the reason why I took some time off, just like grinding away on the trainer and doing a ton of intervals. So I kind of wanted to just ease into training this year, and I don't want to spend too much time on the trainer. I think that's like my big motivation for not getting a super fancy trainer. So I honestly don't use it too much, which I think it's kind of opposite as how most people think. But yeah, I just want to kind of get on, do easy rides mostly, like kind of get back in the swing. Uh, I kind of want to try, in the last couple uh, winters, I've done like the trainer road plans and they've worked, you know, they've worked okay. They've worked pretty good, but I kind of want to try something else too. I've been looking into with like polarized training. I don't know if you, you've heard of that before, yeah. right? Where you, you kind of keep everything hard and keep everything easy. So I've heard really interesting things about that, and I'm always up for trying new things. So that's kind of my my general path, I think, this winter. All right, so paint a picture for us. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, what is what is your plan? Are you going to use, like, Zwift to ride on? Are you just going to go off heart rate? Um, are you just going to, you know, put have a timer and just ride for two hours while, while you're watching a movie? Yeah, I think I'm going to just go off heart rate and just keep it in zone two for a lot of my rides, and then... Probably I'll probably do like strictly just base zone two on the trainer, which sounds super boring, but just because I'm kind of coming from a, a pretty low fitness, I think right now, I think it's safe to say. It's a good so, way to get back into it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't feel like, I think I'd really, I think the last couple of years I'd cooked myself pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I really want to be like a little bit more cautious with like how I train this year. So I'm just going to keep it nice and easy zone two. I actually have a really nice indoor training cycling desk. So uh, I've actually figured out a way to do a little gaming while I train too. Oh, okay. Which some people I've talked to can't do that, but as long as I'm just like pedaling along in zone two, I do like playing some games on the computer. So yeah, interesting enough. Since you bring that up, uh-huh. uh, Trainer Road just talked about uh, that last week in a really? study that was done for people doing exercise. And trying to solve simple math yeah, problems. Yeah. And the perceived like stress on the body while doing simple math problems is just like it's so much harder yeah. to do a workout while doing simple like m- mental stuff. Yeah, that's why I have to do I have to like keep it in zone two. Like anything yeah. above zone two, no way. I can't. Like I couldn't do a sweet spot workout and like play Call of Duty. Also the games that I play are kind of passive as well. Like, they require thinking, but... So, this is very meta, but I love playing Pro Cycling Manager (laughs) while I'm on the trainer. It's a super fun game. Some people, if you're not into cycling, would find it extremely boring, but I'd recommend anybody that's into bike racing, uh, go check it out. It's a lot of fun. But I play that on the trainer because a lot of the game is kind of passive where you can't actually do anything. So, you're just kind of watching and waiting. uh, Civilization, that's a good game to play on the trainer. That's a good one. Yeah, Civilization... I think it starts to get harder when you want to play games that require a lot of attention. Like, if you were to play, like, uh, Counter-Strike Go or... Um, like, quick thinking I, like ones? Quick, like, quick thinking. Like yeah. Very, like, rea- where reaction time is yeah. really precise. Like, that's a little harder. But, like, RPGs, I think, are, like, perfect. I've even game. tried uh, 
playing games after riding, uh-huh. like after a hard ride. Oh, and you can't, yeah. It, it almost, like, it's exhausting trying to play a game after mm. doing, like, a really hard ride just yeah. because, like, your body is so... Just... Right, you're burning through... So your brain... So this is my theory with, uh, with the trainer and the video game. Um, your brain runs on glucose, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're riding at a really low level, like a zone two ride or something really, like, aerobic you're mostly using fat, right? So you're, that's why you can actually like, you know, do some kind of like thoughtful process on the trainer if you're just doing like a very low level of, uh, of riding. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if you start to creep up into like um, tempo or even sweet spot, now you're burning glycogen and glycogen is the main fuel for your brain. So you're burning through your brain's fuel at the same time. That's why in that study that you mentioned, Things got super hard, math, like doing a math problem or problem solving. Yeah. Once you were doing something moderately intense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my plan. Just kind of ease into it, keep fit. You know, I'll probably add in a couple, sprinkle in some high intensity workouts as the weather starts to get nicer. But um, yeah, I'm just gonna gain my way to fitness nice. this winter. And so you you mentioned before too, you might get a power meter. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. I've had the same thing. I've had a power meter these last couple of years. I find that I get a little bit neurotic about the whole power meter thing. Like, you know, you're always using, like, the number on the screen to, to kind of, like, judge yourself. And, like, it doesn't – I think it doesn't really mesh well with my personality. But at the same time, I mean, I'll see how, how I get along with just riding on the trainer for a bunch of time. But the thing I do like about trainer road workouts is you can pick something that's, like, very low volume and just stick to that and kind of just, like, base however much – else you want to ride on you know as long as you get x done you can always add more to it yeah if that if that makes sense yeah so like you pick a low volume plan you ride like four hours on the trainer a week and if you feel like doing a little bit more you can do a little bit more so with power meter i was looking into there's something called the watt watt team or watt beam it's a oh it's one where you actually glue onto your crank arm Oh, and it's so I've seen it priced on like I think it costs like two hundred dollars. You gotta be careful with that mm-hmm. because um, I believe I don't believe you can buy it yet. It's still it was a Kickstarter. No, no, it's you're oh. thinking of the limits. Oh, okay. You're thinking of the limits, which was suppose I don't know whatever happened to that, but that was like a washer that you put in between mm-hmm. your pedal. Yes, okay. That, that That's what I was thinking. Yeah, the Watt team actually came out. Part of the reason why it's so inexpensive is you have to actually glue the component to your crank arm. So there is like some self-assembly. What kind of glue is it? It's like epoxy. It's okay. not super strong. Oh, um, okay. But yeah, I, I and so you've got to make sure you like get it set up correctly. So I've seen it on eBay for like $130. It's pretty, huh. pretty like cheaply priced. There's a lot of closeouts on it. If you pay an extra $100, they'll install it for you on your crank arm. You just have to send it in. Okay. But I've thought about that because it's really reasonably priced. And um, I've heard pretty good reviews. GP Llama, uh, who's like, I think his name is Shane Miller Mm -hmm. on YouTube. He does a ton of reviews on trainers and power meters. He seemed to have generally pretty good things to say about it. Okay. So that's kind of what I, he's like a DC rainmaker. Okay. Uh, so why would you get that over? I forget what it's called, but it goes up on your oh the power hand- pod. Yes, power pod. So I I wouldn't I don't really find a, a whole lot of value in having a power meter when I'm outside. Like I don't do a lot of intervals when I'm riding outside. Okay. And the power pod is basically it's specifically 
designed to use outside. Yeah. Right? Because it, it actually uses wind resistance yeah. to calculate your power. Um, so I don't see a lot of, I don't find a lot of utility in that. I think okay. there's there's more utility in having something that's either trainer based or on the bike in case you want to use it there. Okay. So, yeah. so can you give us a quick rundown on how this one wor- works? Uh, is it is it kind I, of like a virtual power mm-hmm. or is it actually measure, measuring no, the strain it, on it, the crank? It actually, I think it is a, I think it is a strain gauge. I'm, I'm pretty sure. So it's, it's not virtual power. Um, I don't know. I forgot exactly how it works. The neat thing though is that you actually can set up the legs. So it's called like the leg that would go on your crank, and you could move the actual power component between bikes which is pretty interesting. So you can oh. buy, let's say you have two legs. You, you can, just have to glue it on two different bikes? You just bikes. have to glue the legs. Up. You have to glue a leg on each bike, and oh. then you could actually pop out the power component, put it in your other bike. Oh, So I know that okay. was always like really annoying when I was back, back when I was really into training with power. I would go on like a, like a mountain bike ride, and I was like, I'm not going to buy a power meter for my mountain bike, but then I couldn't use that, that data for training. Yeah. So I don't know, it's kind of interesting. Like I said, I'm, I'm trying to get away from a lot of tech this year, just like okay. kind of focus on just riding more and just having mm-hmm. some more fun. Yeah, but that's... For that's, that for that price, it's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. Well, um, sorry, go oh, ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, for when I ride outside, I typically do... That's when I do like my longer rides. Yeah, that's and, when I do like my aerobic riding and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and if I had a power meter for that, I would just go crazy looking down all the time. Yeah. So that's why I actually like using a heart rate monitor for outside, and mm-hmm. I just tell myself just you know stay within this heart rate because it's right. you're not doing that much work anyways right and if i am using a power meter i'm doing a workout mm-hmm. and i do my workouts on my trainer so yeah i i agree if you're doing something like very structured i just do it on the trainer mm-hmm. i don't i find that you know if you're gonna ride outside just you know go for a ride outside yeah 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 well anyways uh Moving on, what do you want to talk about next, Ryan? Uh, personal preference. Personal preference. So is uh, my preference what we talk about? Is yeah. <laughs> so specifically, like gloves, socks. Oh yeah. You know, sunglasses, stuff that doesn't really relate to perf- performance. <laughs> Actually, my sunglasses get me a third of a watt faster than yours do so Sounds actually about, is performance that's about as much as ceramic bearings oh actually yeah touche <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no i totally agree those are things that don't have any performance bearing and if you think they do you're being silly like sunglasses um it's kind of uh you know like what do you what do you like like yeah when you're when you're picking out a pair of socks ryan like what do you like to wear on the bike uh so i really like my like athletic socks but when i train inside i actually bought like a pack of just black socks from like kohl's or something uh-huh. that were actually supposed to be like dress socks interesting and they end up being really nice socks to wear while doing athletic stuff because they're like they're almost like compression socks yeah they're like really tight right? yeah they're really tight but they're like they're supposed to be dress socks but do they have argyle on them too no, they're all uh, black. They're just okay. straight black. So they almost they look like athletic socks, mm-hmm. but they're supposed to be dress socks. Interesting. Cost significantly less. Oh yeah. So I, I I'm a huge proponent of just getting like packs of like six socks that cost like fifteen, twenty bucks mm-hmm. because a lot of the times they don't look that much different than the fifteen dollar socks. That being said, I definitely have a few fifteen dollar socks that I do wear for <laughs> races just because you know, when you put on socks that you know you paid fifteen dollars for, you get a little extra something, something. Yeah, Am I right? it's Am I right? it's a uh, 
it's a it's you know an, an extra booster. watt in ego your mind yeah. yeah it's not an extra booster. watt in your mind <clears throat> no i i totally agree i don't really care about the socks that i wear on a day-to-day basis i just as long as they're long enough that's like my only preference like they've got to be like over ankles length if you're just riding around right for a race i like to wear something that's kind of like just a, like above my calf line kind of that nice like sweet spot like six to seven inches somewhere in there white preferably a nice clean sock that definitely gives me like my little extra race watt but yeah when i'm training as long as i I agree as long as the sock is nice and tight and i i do prefer i guess a slightly longer sock anyways even if i'm just riding around do you have a specific sock that you wear like a brand for for uh, racing for racing i i have some uh let's see my favorite racing socks i like bontrager socks quite a bit they are pretty nice yeah they're nice socks i have some defeats as well I don't think the quality on Defeats is as, as good as Bontrager, mm-hmm. but I think Defeat has cooler uh, designs. Like, all my Defeat socks look sick. Like, they have really, really neat designs on them. Yeah, I have... Uh, the one I always wear is my Pearl Izumi one. Oh, yeah. I, I, yep, I know the, exactly but, exactly which one yeah, you're talking about. But then I have, like, the blue Jiro socks that you can get on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a pair of SRAM socks. The only thing about yeah. the Jiro and the SRAM is they are slightly shorter. Mm-hmm. And they kind of sit at a weird point on your calf where they kind of they slide down. They slide down yeah. just a little bit. That, see, that's a big. I feel like that's like a, that's like a five inch sock. For yeah. Me, right. Yeah. Where it's it's not quite long enough to where it can hang onto my calf, mm-hmm. so it gets kind of pushed down, and it's more like a four inch sock then. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. But they are really nice socks, uh-huh. so I still wear those. Yeah. You don't want to, yeah. You don't want to get rid of them. Yeah. What about gloves? When gloves. you when you race, what kind of what kind of gloves do you wear? I so I'm I'm really not a fan of gloves. I don't like wearing gloves actually. Even during races, I've never been a big gloves person. But I think it's probably been within the last couple of years where I've seen some people fall and like really cut their hands up, and that's kind of what's made me start wearing gloves. But if it's just like the your average day riding, I don't wear gloves. Uh, when I do wear gloves, I like something really tight, like and kind of longer. So like something that it even goes below my wrist. I had a really nice pair of pock gloves for a while that I really liked. And what I happened liked, to them? Uh, I crashed and they, oh. got, they got cut up. Uh, and I like a pair of white gloves too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I think if you have white gloves and white shoes, that's a that's a pretty solid look. That's a pretty solid look. Yeah. I I don't like wearing gloves either. Yeah. If I could, if I. If there was no, if you didn't like get road rash on your hands, I wouldn't wear right. gloves. I like I'm, the feeling of not wearing gloves, but I'm pretty good at falling. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> no, I mean, like, as in, okay, yeah, I'm good at falling, sure, but like, I don't, I don't ever like put my hands out. Mm-hmm. I, like, I feel like I kind of let my body just hit the ground whenever I go down, because I think that's kind of when you break a collarbone is when you try to like catch yourself. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Are oh, you good? So I never got road rash in my hands. Yeah, but I got my second year of racing. It was either my second. I think it was my second. Um, I got into a crash during a collegiate race. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was one of like three people. Like the the guy in front of me crossed wheels with the guy in front of him. Yeah. And then the, the guy in front of me went down and, the guy, right. and then I went over that guy. And one of the guys... Like I saw his hands and they were just shredded apart. Oh yeah, that's a bad one too. For yeah, if you have like a desk job and you need to like be at a keyboard, that's no fun. So ever since then, ever since I saw that guy's hands, like I can't race without gloves because that just looks so painful. Yeah, there's a 
yeah, that's it's awful. I, I've never had like a hand injury like that, but I can't imagine it'd be any fun. No, and I feel like that's because you you bend your hands and stuff so much. Like if you right. get it on like your forearm or especially you know, if it's both hands, you're basically useless. yeah yeah. Like you move it so much that right. whenever you move it, you're gonna feel it. Where if it's on your like your fore, forearm or like your leg or something, that doesn't really move at all, even when no. you walk. So you know it might kind of rub up against your pants. But at least it's not like moving, right? So, totally agree with that one. Yeah. So I always wear gloves. Now That's I used to man. wear fingerless gloves, mm-hmm. and then last year I went over to I got Giro mountain bike gloves uh-huh. that I used for mountain biking and for crit racing. Yeah. And this year I'm thinking about going back to fingerless. Uh, I I like fingerless. I I actually did the same thing for like a whole season. I wore full finger gloves. And I just feel kind of weird wearing them. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what it is, but it just feels yeah, just kind of weird to me. So like I don't I don't like it. It's the smart thing to do because you won't cut your fingers up either. Yeah. Even though your palms are what usually takes the beating, but yeah, I don't know. I like fingerless gloves too. Yeah. Yeah, and I, the thing I need to find in a glove is like mm. I need to get it. So I need to find a glove that's just like skin tight. Yeah, that's the way to go. And I feel like that's sure. so hard to find. Right, it, it is. You have to get like an aero glove, which are expensive. Yeah, like I feel like a lot of gloves just, they're not tight in every single spot on your hand. There's always going to be yeah. some spot that's loose, whether it's like the palm or the fingers or something. Yeah. And then also, people that are listening, if you do get gloves, don't get the padding on them. I agree with that. Because the, yeah. the padding is actually going to cut off circulation in your hand and makes your hands really uncomfortable. Just and don't grip your bars that hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, because even when you put your hand on your bars, it pushes up into your into your um, veins. Yeah, that's true. And it just cuts off circulation in your hands and your hands will go numb. Yeah. So if you do get gloves, mm-hmm. don't get them with padding on them. Mm-hmm. Because even if you do crash, it's enough. It'll be enough to like save save your hands like they're not going to shred through so that's just a pro tip don't get gloves yeah don't get gloves with gel yeah so i'm still out on the search for gloves that i'll keep i'll keep my eyes open for you ryan yeah and we will update listeners on what what we get let you guys know what i feel like this is the important stuff yeah you gotta tell we gotta tell you guys what we're doing for gloves this year well you know they gotta look good because i always notice people's gloves i always do that's that is like the the thing that i always see when people ride by is i always look at their gloves i'm a i'm i'm like a sunglasses and helmet guy oh really that's what i always notice so what kind of sunglasses are you all about all right uh so sunglasses i like big sunglasses i do too i'm a fan of like uh oakley the jawbreakers i think we're like really popular for a couple seasons yeah I think they're still popular and now everyone's got folkley's now everybody's got the folkley jawbreakers uh shout out to aliexpress for <laughs> all those broke cyclists up um the speed speedcraft or no 100 100 i think the the model is called the speedcraft which was like yeah another brand of big big glasses i feel like every brand now has kind of like a an oversized glass yeah uh, um so they gotta friend, stand friend, out yeah our friend tommy has some cool ones shout out to tommy he's listening to the podcast those are oakley's i know they're, they're supposed they're, to be old school ones. yeah the old school oakley's those are super sick yeah. i like those a lot i want to find a pair of those actually that'd be they, cool and they're they're cheap those are only like 70 80 or like a hundred dollars between yeah. seven and a, 70 and a hundred dollars i think so my my thought is that the the sunglasses like if you have kind of a bigger sunglasses 
sunglass, excuse me, they go with pretty much every helmet. Mm-hmm. But if you have a bigger helmet, they don't go with every sunglass. If that hmm. makes sense, right? So like, think of a bigger helmet, like a, like a Pac helmet or like a Bontrager Ballista, where they're kind of like they're kind of big helmets in general. Okay, you need to balance that with like a, a oversized sunglass. Yeah. Oh, I get that. I get that. Excuse me. Whereas, like, if you have like a I've seen people that have like the Bontrager Ballista and it always makes me cringe and they have like kind of like um I don't know I know everybody's style is different but they have kind of like smaller sunglasses it makes their head look very big that's my that personal, makes sense. personal opinion I just yeah. think you need to kind of balance things out but on the other hand if you have kind of like a, a helmet that's a little maybe not so large um and you have like a, a Oakley Jawbreaker I still think they go well together for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. That's just my personal preference. What about you? What do you like in sunglasses? And- I I think I like sunglasses that stand out, not so yeah. much in like appearance, but you can see them, mm-hmm. and they they gotta blend in with their helmet at least. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, I I kind of I'm a big fan of just going white or black. Honestly, just keep it to white or black. Mm-hmm. Uh, that goes with everything because there's nothing worse than. You know, nice kit, Mis- nice helmet, and then just ridiculous sunglasses. And like it ruins everything. I I'm gonna have to disagree. I think you can. I think you can get a little crazier with the sunglasses as long as everything else is tapped down a little bit. Okay. That can kind of be like your piece oh, okay. of yeah. your piece of yeah. flair. Um, I but at the same time, I'm not a huge fan of like matchy 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 sunglasses. Yep. Like there's people that have like the kit where their entire helmet shoe sunglass glove sock combination is like perfectly matched to their kit mm-hmm. and i see that and i'm i just think to myself that looks too too matchy like too too well put together yeah you gotta have contrast right and then too what happens if you wear like a different pair of socks do you wear the same kit i've always wondered day? that like because if you wore a kit that was slightly you know a different color you look silly here's my thing is that if they for first thing is they're like you know they're part of a club yeah and one, and they're one of those club that's part of a club they're right? one of those club riders that's only wears their club kit yes you know they won't is, wear anything else right because they're so, sponsored of course yeah yeah they're sponsored <laughs> <laughs> okay so of course they have all that stuff because it goes with the only kit they wear that's true i yeah i I'd agree I think that. that's number one number one okay and then also uh, if they can afford to have, you know, five matching outfits. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's they the other buy, They buy five kits. So I, I feel like it's one season. or the other. It's one or the one other. One or the other. I agree with that. All right. Well, we've talked about kits for quite a while now. Uh, what are we moving on to next, Ryan? Update on uh, supplements. Supplements. So what did what did uh, you find at the store? So one thing I was really surprised of, <laughs> and kind of a shout, shout out our... Uh, Throwback to the when we tested them out. When we test drink uh, noon. Noon. The really okay. bad one. The one we didn't like. Black black strawberry. Black strawberry. Black, blackberry. They, blueberry strawberry. Yes. That's what it was. They their capsules. I believe it's like nine or ten capsules for like five dollars. Is that is that pretty good? Yeah, you can get it at Target. That's not bad. No, so it's fifty cents a, a capsule. Okay. Well, at least as I long was, as you don't do the flavor that we yeah, tried, maybe yeah. it might be lemon better. lime. Maybe just well, stick try, to lemon. Try some lemon, lemon, something simple. Yeah. Yeah. So I was surprised by that. That's a pretty good price for energy. Yeah. Not, and I keep saying energy. It's but it's sports drinks. Yes. Yeah. The other one um, was Gatorade. Uh-huh. You can get a five 
it's like the powder. The powder is great too because you can make it as as concentrated as you want. Yeah, so uh, enough powder for five gallons of water mm-hmm. is only like ten dollars. Oh yeah, that's not bad. That I'm actually gonna, that's what I'm actually gonna do is I'm gonna get one of those and mm-hmm. start using those, especially when it gets warmer out. Yeah, I think that's solid. gonna be the way to go. That's a good idea. I'd, I'd go along with that. Yeah, uh, I was kind of surprised. I tried looking up the like the lemonade mix. Um, the thing about that is it's all just no sugar, no carbs now. The lemonade stuff? Yeah. yeah I tried yeah. looking for some that had some sort of sugar. Even the ones that say like energy, mm-hmm. there's no sugar, no carbs in them. Really? So if you do look are trying to look for like a, you know, a alternative, you want to make sure that there is sugar and carbs in there. Yeah. Because that's what you're looking to get from this stuff. So yeah. like Gatorade has... Gatorade has um, something like 16 grams of sugar, mm-hmm. and I forgot how many carbs it had, but it was like 22, 20 or 30. Yeah, uh, that's really that's really good. That's, that's gonna solid. you know that'll help. Keep you going. But the ones that are no sugar, no carbs, it's almost pointless to get. Uh, yeah, I can see that. That's that's solid. So Gatorade, I think Gatorade is my number one choice for the cheap pick. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, also, too, going with honey. Honey's honey's good too. Straight, honey's four or five bucks, but it's getting the price of honey is starting to go up because of the whole bee crisis. Oh yeah, that's true. A lot of bees are dying, so price of honey, even cheap honey, is starting to go up. Dang, that stinks. So that's one thing to All think right. about. Well, as long as you can get your, some cheap honey, that's a good option. Yeah, well, I've been going to the discount bakery too. Oh, okay. That's been going well. I picked up another bag of assorted breads that's for a dollar. Nice. That has been going well. I'm sure you're very excited about <laughs> that, Ryan. I'm excited every single time I go to the grocery store. Yeah, because it's like runs. you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, on sale, right? <laughs> All right, so now moving on, let's talk about uh, sponsors, brands, and how how do you respond to a rider or an athlete that you sponsor that might not be behaving super well, super appropriately? I don't know. You be the judge. Yeah, so... For anyone that has, you know, kind of looks at cycling news, there was a situation this week with an Instagram picture or a uh, photo that a rider took with a person that took it that worked at a coffee shop, and she went to the authorities, and he actually ended up getting kicked out of the Tour of San Juan. Oh yeah, yeah, and so we wanted to talk about at what point do sponsors need to kind of step in and mm. take, you know have repercussions for their riders because they are representing those brands. Yeah. That's the whole point of a sponsorship. Uh, I guess in my opinion, uh, corporations are generally entities that only care about selling people things. So the moment where a corp, well, there's a, I guess there's a, there's a big difference, right? One should and one would. And I guess my opinion is, most corporate entities step in when they feel like people will not buy their product or services because of the behavior of said athlete. So in this instance, uh, the athlete was sponsored by Deseunik Quickstep, mm-hmm. uh, World Tour team. So you got to ask yourself, is that um, is that company going to lose any sales of flooring products? And I don't know what that's what Quickstep is. Deseunik, I don't know what they are. Uh, I did know, and I totally forgot. Yeah, like Quick Step does floors. So are they gonna like not make a commission because one of their athletes, uh, made, kind of posted like a crude Instagram picture, 
Probably not. Uh, so that's like the sh- that's like the when, but I guess the should is when should a sponsor step in? I mean, I don't know. I think it's probably just something that you know associated with brand image, right? Mm-hmm. If their image is associated to sponsoring like these wild party party boys on the cycling world tour, uh, that's not good. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, that's a tough call, I guess, right? That's kind of what I was going to say was I mean, it's more of the image. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody can agree what the rider did was like in poor taste and, yeah. and not good, right? Yeah. But um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it, in general, businesses just, they don't care about people. They just care about selling people things. Yeah. So when should they step in? Well, I don't think that's really the right question. I think more so it's, will they just sell less things? And I mean, what about at like a lower level? So that's world tour. What uh-huh. if it was more of like a like a continental team or a, a uh, just an elite team? Right. I th- Should sponsors at that level step in and say, hey, that guy is not representing our brand? Uh-huh. I think actually at the local level, there's a bigger impact if you think. Yeah. The way I think about it. So this happened in, so the incident that we're talking about happened in San Juan which is in Argentina, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. So, and then uh, Quick Step is, and I forgot Dacia Munich, but I think they're both Belgian Correct. brands yeah. and companies. So I'd say the overall impact on their bottom line is pretty pretty insignificant. And you might even make a case that it won't matter at all. Like it's, it's a random person and it's halfway across the world, literally. But like, but let's the, say the, the the news of it is worldwide, right? Yeah, we live in a global, right, a global society, or right, or whatever, whatever. Excuse me, but you know, the way I think about it is, if a local, um, I don't know, a local cake shop is sponsoring uh, a cycling team, and that cycling team is associated with poor behavior. I think it's almost more incumbent on the brand to say, well, we live in a pretty small community relative, right? Um, that they would probably be more apt to uh, drop a sponsorship if that team, that local team of whatever Cat 3s or master Masters riders is misbehaving. And I think that's, that's kind of the way I think about it. Yeah, I think that's going to be more likely is they just say, well, we're just not going to sponsor you anymore rather than actually saying like, that person's out of line or you guys are out of line. They're just right. going to say, we're just not going to deal with it anymore Yeah, and, and just separate ourselves and from you. Like a, it's kind of funny too because I guess a world tour team, every rider is paid to be a, a good representative of their brand, right? To, mm-hmm. be a, to race and then to represent the brand that's sponsoring the team. So incidents like that rarely happen, if ever, right? I think the surprising part too is like so few brands actually use their riders as like advertisement yeah, I know, yeah like, that's true bora bora does it really well where they'll do instagram um advertisements with peter sagan they always got peter sagan in the kitchen honestly picking something up taking a shower i'll be honest something. if i ever need a shower head i'm probably gonna buy a bora one bora hands grow i mean they're i think German. that's so cool it oh it's pretty cool. i assume they they'll sell it to yeah, americans i'm sure they they stock in american products right yeah but i think that's so cool uh-huh. and it's like i don't know anything about shower heads so they must be just as good as any other shower head i can buy yeah I, I, well, you know, if I had to redo my floors, I'd probably go with quick step floors. I there you go. I don't know if I, I, I can buy those. I'm assuming they sell in the United States. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would go with quick step floors. I, I agree, though. I guess if you think about it, uh, you know, how are you going to get your cycling team to be in a floors ad? I don't know. But somebody that's more creative and 
in advertising might be able to figure that out. So yeah, I, like yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting conundrum, right? Yeah, we'll see what happens from right. it. See if I'm curious. See if the rider. I don't think the rider would get kicked off the team. No, but I'd be a little surprised. He did get kicked out of the Tour of San Juan. He did, and I, to be honest, I don't know if he was kicked out by the the people that put on the race or if it was Quick Step saying like. Oh, we're gonna yeah, take voluntarily doing that. Yeah, yeah. See, that's I think the the place where the that's, brand or that's the, the way sponsor to do it. could kind of run damage control is that before anybody makes a decision, they uh, they act upon it, right? Yeah, like do something like a fine or something that says mm-hmm. we're making him take, you know, accept responsibility. Right. Well, I think too. There's also an element of history behind like said said rider or said athlete. Mm-hmm. So I think um, the way I guess the, and I don't know we live in a, a crazy world today, but the way I look at it is some brands will choose to sponsor um, high profile, but maybe uh, not the nicest athletes. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I can think of uh, Gianni Mascon on Team Sky. He's who's like been repeatedly caught like punching riders in the field and like doing really like crap buhani's uh buhani's another one yeah. too and i guess these are things that are on the bike so that's a lot different than like in in the real world but uh i think it's a lot different when a, a brand sponsors that rider who has like a, a known past mm-hmm. and then that rider does something and for people <clears throat> to associate the brand with that behavior like yeah i, I could say like well you know, obviously, a brand might endorse that behavior because they knew they know what's associated with that rider, mm-hmm. right? Whereas, I think this rider, I don't, I don't really know a lot about him. I'm assuming this is like his first incident. Yeah, and, I mean, and, he's 37 and, years old. Yeah, okay. So, so, and he's one of the oldest people on Quick Step, and he's okay. been around for a while. Yeah, so I guess I'm, a, I guess this is his first like incident of anything like this. It's not like Quick Step had any any reference to like his behavior, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, there's, that's I think one difference you know sponsoring an athlete that has a history of behavior and sponsoring an athlete that just happens to do something inappropriate mm-hmm. you know it looks it's a, it's a different look on the brand that's yeah my, my yeah. general opinion yeah okay yeah alright moving on moving uh, last topic is Strava Strava um, so reason being is uh, Chris Froome it always seems like every single time he goes to South Africa but uh, this year he was in where was he? I don't know. Uh, I believe South camp somewhere. South America somewhere, <clears throat> or Southern Hemisphere. We know that for Southern sure. Hemisphere. Southern I, Hemisphere. I believe he's in South South America. Um, but he usually goes to South Af no Kenya, <clears throat> South Africa, or He'll Kenya, go to, or or yeah, I don't know, somewhere tropical and nice. But yeah, he always does these like insane. Um, Strava rides. Yeah, and a lot of them are like motor pace too. So he'll be doing like a crazy speed. <clears throat> And he'll upload his ride, and I think I think he does it on purpose just to troll people. Oh, like, for sure! Like it's yeah. so funny. Like he'll do this like two hundred and fifty k ride at like, like eight hours, forty seven. Yeah, like forty seven k an hour. And I think I think honestly, I think a lot of the rides too. He'll just like leave his Garmin on and like get a lift back or something. <laughs> and like he's just doing it to mess with people. And the one he did this <laughs> week was like six and a half hours, I think, and he did it all on his TT bike. Yeah. Whoa. That's that is pretty crazy. I so the one the one book of of an athlete that I can't wait to read once they retire is Chris Froome's book because I feel like the things that Team Sky does with him are so crazy and like like just above what other teams do with their riders 
that it's got to be so interesting. It's it's crazy that someone can take that much stress on their body. Right. That's that's I think what's made him the the best rider at Grand Tours. I think possibly possibly ever is that he can just take a beating after beating after beating every single day mm-hmm. and always be there on the climb. And like, you can almost say he like he's like the first athlete to dominate like the Grand Tours like outside of like the doping era. era. Yeah, and or even like the 70s where where people were still kind of figuring out how to train. There and there Everybody wasn't many wasn't like level. Yeah, I mean you'd get like these really good riders, but the the talent back then was not what the talent yeah. is now. I always think it's funny when people are like, who's going to be the next Eddie Merckx? And it's like, that's just a completely different time. Yeah, like, Eddie Merckx was in a time it, where he could ride all the classics and all the Grand Tours and be competitive in all of them. And Yeah, exactly. That just, it, it just cannot it's, happen anymore. It's just a completely different age, right? I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he was faster than everybody else still, but like, I just think it's a lot different. Yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, the level is higher. So, what do you think uh, pros being on Strava means for you know uh, sponsors and for the sport? Sponsors and the sport. Well, I think people had a lot of hope in what Phil Guyman was doing mm-hmm. in terms of being this kind of like pro cyclist that actually didn't race, but he just did these like really pro things. I think of like a kind of like freestyle skiing or snowboarding like Red Bull will sponsor people that aren't necessarily winning the X Games but they're going and filming these really cool things or they're you know they're breaking records or building these massive jumps I feel like that's kind of what like Phil Guyman was going for with all these KOMs and these Strava things he was trying to like raise the bar but I I mean I, I don't know it's something that I've noticed is I think it's it's starting to lose some steam like this whole idea where where like pros make a living out of like being like a Strava pro, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess is that what you meant about that question? No. I, so, I guess this is what I think is, or I'm, just why they do it. Well, I think it's like an added. You get to see what pros are doing day to day, and I don't think that, especially like sponsors and teams, haven't really. Uh, understood the potential mm-hmm. because you know the riders have instagram and twitter but it's more so the younger generation that uses that i think strava is used by a lot of like more middle-aged people strava is like and it's like facebook the, of, of cycling, cycling. and right. it's not really utilized or from, young people don't use it <laughs> yeah and it's not utilized from like a sponsor's Standpoint. That's true. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think Phil Phil Guyman probably does the best job of it. Yeah, I mean Strava is like his career right now, but I totally agree. I think <clears throat> like uh, I don't think I think athletes just kind of throw a ride up there once in a while just to kind of be like, look how awesome I am. Whereas I think they'd be better off putting all their rides on there with all their power data. Yeah, and answering all the questions in the comments. And yeah. I'm sure some do, but it's not the majority by any means. Yeah, or they'll put up like. They'll put up their ride with no power data, mm-hmm. and it's like really like who like I I don't know I always think like um, like who cares if you matter. went like for you could, four hours yeah, at zone two you could you could tell somebody like that's your rival what you did every single day and it wouldn't it wouldn't matter because they're, they're a different person yeah like they're like what what are they gonna do copy what you do yeah well, it's probably not gonna work for them or 
it's gonna it's it's just not gonna make a difference. Yeah. So I mean, I, I and like you know they can put pictures and stuff on there. They can even like you know I just think it's not utilized to what it could be. Right. And you know that's the direct way of communication with the entire cycling community. I you have. Facebook for cycling, specifically for cycling. I totally agree. I think they could even make it better in terms of pushing it more towards like a social app where you, I, I think it's like where you can kind of, uh, I don't know how to phrase it, but like you can put like almost some non-ride stuff on there. Like you could kind of like put like what training you're doing or like that's your status. Like, oh, I'm currently in my race season or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it's meant to be be turned into a Strava talk, but it's interesting. I totally agree. You can be more social. All right. Cool. Well, I think we got everything covered today, Ryan. Yeah, I think we got everything. Everything we wanted. Do you have anything that grinded your gears this week? Uh, the cold. The cold. The cold did. I spent a good amount of time yesterday uh, replacing Anna's battery in her car. Ooh, that's so, so fun. you know, all the, all the warnings were, don't go outside. Well... Guess what, dummy went outside. <laughs> Good amount of time outside too. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. I mean, it was uh, it was a rough morning, but Sounds like you it. know, Anna had to get back to Milwaukee. Well, so you were just a good boyfriend, and uh, yeah, and the the other thing that we were gonna do was she's gonna take my car, and I was gonna just bike to work tomorrow. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> it's still gonna be negative eighteen. Yeah, we're, you know, we're we're coming up a little bit, but man, it's still gonna be cold. Yeah, it would have uh, it wouldn't have been it would not have been enjoyable. Uh-uh. But uh, we didn't really have options. No. But we got it to work. Yeah, it was so cold. Even after we replaced the battery, her car still wouldn't turn over. That's just insane. So it warmed up though to negative twelve degrees without the wind chill, mm-hmm. and it started like a charm. All Not right. really. It was. Yeah, it was so, a, a little it's, touch and go. <laughs> it was still. We were still like, oh, is it gonna go? It, oh, it went. Uh, nice, nice. <laughs> so that. So it was a grind my gear, but. It, it all worked out, kind of. Solid, dude. Solid. How about you? What grinds my gears? I'll tell you what grinds my gears. Looking into, like, what races I wanted to do this year, and kind of like, you know, most of the calendars are out right now for local racing, at least in Wisconsin. You know what's crazy? I love doing races like uh, the Intelligentsia Cup, the Gateway Cup, the Tour of America's Dairyland, and I know we've talked about this before, but dude, $50 for a race, $50 for a 45-minute yeah. crit... That's a lot of money. That's so How much money. How do you money. expect people to be able to afford to yeah. do a whole 10-day series for 50 bucks a race? I think that's a good, re- big reason why like those those races are starting to go down. You know, in- you can't get people that... I think the whole idea is if you were to drop the price, you'd have to, uh, you'd have to bank on bringing more people in. And I think if they drop the price, people would be a lot more appreciative. But I don't think they'd necessarily get more people to come. You don't think so? I, I can say that I personally, if they dropped the price by $20, I would personally probably be open to doing two or three more races. Oh, yeah. For sure. Especially, like, you know, even weekend races. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like when we had Iman Lucas on the podcast, it was $5 to race Yeah, where he was. If races and were $5, I don't think I would miss a race. Oh, I would be at every single race, hands down. And to like just get rid of all the US, USA cycling nonsense uh, yeah. that, you know, is required of all it's these races. insane. And it probably could be $5 yeah. a race. And they were doing, like, 60K road races, like or 60 well 60k loops maybe not 60k loops my point is 
that whatever he was talking about, they were still doing like, you know, closing streets, you know, yeah, like yeah. cutting off traffic. Oh, yeah, it's just crazy. You know, or I can see, you know, Toad being $50 a race, but like for your local crit, like that shouldn't be more than $10. It shouldn't oh, be as, as as expensive as it is, like $35 for a race. Yep. And, you know, sometimes people, it's like 15, 20 people show up and you just paid $35 yeah. for this race. It's like that, what you pay for it is not what you get out of it at this point. Yep, I can't agree with you more on that one, Ryan. Well, I think that'll (laughs) wrap it up for this week. Thanks for listening to Bike Race Weekly. You can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. We're available on iPhone or Android. Listen to us on your computer. Uh, You know, stop in and give us a a like and give us a rating uh, if you thought this was a pretty solid listen. Would love to have your feedback there. Um, Ryan, are we uh, anything else to say to the people before we go? I think that's it. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll be back next week. Back next week. Have a good one, everybody.